0: Shroom for Two, Episode 14, New Year, New Mime. Hello everybody, welcome to Shroom for Two, Episode 14, the Plants vs. Zombies Heroes
1: podcast where we're both cold as hell right now. I'm Taylor. And I'm Mike, and coming at you from scenic westerly Rhode Island where it's 14 degrees out. Uh, it's about 25 right now in Philadelphia. Yeah, pretty chilly right now. Yeah, I'm in the middle of my holiday travel. I just spent some time at my grandma's for Christmas, and now I'm visiting my mom for a day before heading up to Boston and seeing some old friends of mine.
0: Yeah, I uh, I spent some time in Delaware seeing family, and uh, but I'm back in Philly, you know, working, doing regular stuff, and uh, pretty cold right now, I must say. Uh, so this is... Um, are long awaited by some, I'm sure. Listener mail episode. We've uh, not done listener mail for a few weeks. You know, we've had that tournament to talk about. Um, we had uh, our battle royale episode, and uh, so we've got some uh, listener mail that we saw, and um, a couple uh, interesting things on the Reddit to talk about. But uh, before we get to that, I want to give you an update on that tournament thing. Um, so the tournament's all over except for uh, a match between me and a guy named Hi Hi Go Cat, who um, I am battling with for who gets third or fourth place. And uh, it's been hard for us to get together; um, my schedule and theirs don't really line up all that well. But um, we've uh, got to play best of seven, and we've done one of them so far, which I won. Um, I played my Beta Caratina deck, and uh, they were playing um, Super Brains uh, Zomblob. And I'll post some screenshots from that. And, in fact, I've uh, consistently failed to link to my actual decks. We talked about them on that one episode, but I've um, I've meant to post the pictures, and I, I actually haven't.
1: Yeah, you should put your deck stuff on shroomfor2.com, which is a thing that I did over the holiday weekend. I put up a, my decks from the budget tournament and a couple of updated recipes I had earlier. Yeah, that's right.
0: Um, We've, uh, we've, we've been attaching the decks to the episode, but there's, like, a deck... Sec, uh, section on the website that um that I at least have not been updating when uh, posting new shows. So uh, sorry about that. I think my decks are pretty good, at least with the with the exclusion of my Bolt deck. I think I kind of blew that one. Um, but we've also got a pretty cool deck to talk about uh, later in this episode. For deck news, uh, you will certainly be getting some of that. But on that note, why don't we do some listener mail? <phone rings>
1: And now for that long-awaited listener mail, we have the cliffhanger conclusion of Listener Adam's lightning round, where he goes through and gives us a bunch of cards, and we give a quick thought on one. And leading off this time, it's Extinction Event, the beastly card that does minus two, minus two to a creature and everything else with that same name. And that, that card makes me really nostalgic for when Pine Clone decks for everywhere, because mm. that was a big menace to everything for a long time. And it Feels like a very good card. Like, this is a good answer to Pine Clone without it being, like, you know, an obvious counter. Like, they disguised it well as a mechanic. But mm-hmm. nobody uses Pine Clone decks anymore, though. Like, I haven't seen one in ages. And even if they do, they'll just, like, probably be running Molokale, which will still buff everything mm-hmm. up to a five drop. But, yeah. What do you think about it, Taylor? Um, I think it's okay.
0: Um, the two costs is. Certainly, uh, an upgrade over Alien Oozes three costs, although not, of course, not by much. I think that generally in this game, killing a single big thing is better than killing a bunch of identical small things. Um, there are really only a few plant decks that that try to play out a bunch of identical small things. I do, uh, however, think that you know, obviously, the the first thing that I think of when I see Extinction Event is Puff Shroom. Um, and the fact that you can just play Puff Shroom now and is is it's reasonably good to do so, um, means that there are just enough puff shrooms around that like you're not just getting like the one that came in off the shroom for two and then maybe some from like a mushroom um, grotto. I think that um you know there the fact that you can just play the tokens now does make this card a little bit better. Um as I say, I think that Alienus is certainly more of what you want to be doing in this game. But the fact that um, that Extinction Event can get you multiple cards worth of value um, is not as rare as it looks. Okay, so the next element in Listener Adam's Lightning Round is uh, Interstellar Bounty Hunter, uh, which is a beastly card. It is a 4-mana 4-4 with Hunt, and it says uh, Hunt and Frenzy, in fact, and it says whenever it destroys a plant, draw a card. I think that this card is awesome. Um, I think that it um, is uh, certainly legendary for a reason. Um, that the fact that it is statted reasonably well enough to like trade with a thing, and even if it dies, you still draw the card. That that is quite good. And the fact that you get multiple cards out of the deal if they, you know, you kill a token and then whatever thing that was behind it. Um, I think that that uh, makes this card really great. It's great at wearing buffs, uh, which the Beastly class is good at doing, Um, and yeah, I think that this card is just everything that the Beastly class wants to do.
1: I agree completely. I have two of them, and I put them in most of the Beastly decks I make. I, I think the main reason it doesn't get more recognition as being such a bananas card is that it's a Beastly card. Which means like, yeah, okay, this, this card is really good with Immortitia, cause you can, you can play, uh, Cryo Brain on turn two and then play this right after. But, you know, who's out there looking for that kind of combo with Immortitia? But, yeah, it does everything you want it to. It, it will almost always draw you a card, which is nice. It has great stats. It goes right through a grizzly bear cub, as um, oh, yeah. uh, had happened that to me before. Pretty nasty
0: if, if you've never seen that. So the the way frenzy interacts with stuff that leaves a token behind is that the frenzy attack happens after the token gets made so if you attack a grizzly pear cub with this thing you kill the pear you kill the pear cub you get the pear it attacks again you kill the pear and then you attack the face so you draw two cards completely kill their thing and deal four to their face it is like honestly kind of
1: disgusting yeah and it also fires even when it dies which is a, a little thing but makes a lot like it helps with the floor a lot of the card uh for sure next up is sonic bloom the four mana three one flower kabloom card which when played it does one damage to the zombie hero for each plant you have so it's kind of like the plant version of the flamenco dancer and Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever put this in a deck i don't know if it's like i've never run you know maybe it's good for like a like a super tokeny pine clone deck where you're trying to put like eight little dudes on the field at once but I've never used this as a finisher before you know it maybe it's alright but it feels like not an, you know the two damage that Flamenco does is a lot more than than one per token even with all the little team up guys definitely
0: I think oh, so first of all this is an event card and I don't I don't own it I'm, I missed it I guess I've gotten it like off of Cosmic Flower before and like it's okay Um, but it certainly packs way less of a punch than Flamenco Zombie does it's the sort of thing that rewards you for pay, for playing a team up deck, but it doesn't have team up itself. So you kind of need to leave a lane open in anticipation of playing it. And um, mm-hmm. that I think is a is a pretty big knock against it. Um, so I think that if it had team up, it, that would pretty appreciably add to the power level of this card even though it's quite weak for the stats. Um, and, I mean, Flamenco Zombie is weak for the stats, too. You're you're really paying for the end of the battlefield effect. But, um, you know, it's the sort of thing that goes into a Mushroom Grotto-type deck. It's just sort of a different way to get a payoff. It's kind of um akin to Punish Shroom in that way, where you get extra value out of your tokens. I think, though, that the Kabloom class just kind of has better ways to deal damage to the face. Yeah.
1: Um, I, so I like Astro Shroom a lot more as, like, a combo finisher, where you play that for and you'll sure. play, like, a, a Shroom for two or puff shroom or whatever else and do a bunch of damage that way and that way it's piercing yeah and i mean even uh i think grapes of wrath you know like grapes of
0: wrath is is kind of more equivalent to um uh dandelion uh where it you know dandelion comes in and deals them a bunch of damage uh grapes of wrath has to die first but its stats are big enough that you know it's you're gonna get good value out of it by dying and you know i think that um uh, Sonic Bloom has the disadvantage of of having a high setup cost. So like if it's your only plant, it does one. And even if it does three, it's not like it has bullseye. It still increments the block meter. And uh, I think the fact that uh, that Flamenco Zombie can get blocked and like has crappy stats is is made up for by the fact that you're getting two damage per per relevant zombie on the board. And so it's it's just a lot easier to access the high side of it, or as um, you need to do a lot of work setting up a pretty fragile board full of tokens if you want to get the max value out of sonic bloom um, so like I say I think it would be better if it had team up I think it would be better if you know maybe it had a little bit higher cost um, but had a better effect maybe if it was like tough beats where it was like um for each plant and zombie you know and maybe it cost five or six or something like that I think that would be pretty strong um, but I, as exists I think that it's a it's a fragile payoff for an already fragile deck. Uh, so thank you, Listener Adam, for sending another lightning round. I think that these are pretty cool. It's a good way to sort of get in some thoughts about, you know, the, the whole bunch of cards that fly under the radar in this game uh, without, you know, needing to devote a whole card of the week segment to them. And uh, certainly we'll be doing a bunch of things like this when set four comes out. Um, and uh, so uh, thanks again for sending in this
1: question. Yes, thank you, Listener Adam.
0: Uh, So our next piece of Listener Mail comes from Listener Elliot, uh, another um, many-time question writer, so thank you, Listener Elliot, uh, who has some more stuff to say about uh, Gatling P. And uh, they wrote quite a long write-up, so I'm going to have that in a paste bin link in the show notes for you all to take a look at. But uh, they hit ultimate rank with a Gatling P deck, um, and it looks pretty cool. It's a a Grass Knuckles deck that has, you know, like Podfather and... um, Gatling P and, um, of the Valley and stuff like that, uh, and the deck is pretty cool looking, but, uh, there are a few, um, uh, factoids, uh, that are, um, kind of takeaway messages at the end here that I think are quite astute. Um, so the first thing they point out is that there are plenty of other good legends and just strong cards in, um... In the Mega Grow class, to act as lightning rods to clear away the um, clear away removal spells for the Gatling P. So you know Podfather Galactic Cactus, uh, which is Guardian, of course, um, but other things like that um, that the the zombie player is going to want to kill are going to force them to burn removal spells before you get to your payoff. You know it has a lot of synergy with stuff like Podfather and Torchwood. Um, that like you know those things will affect the um, the end of the battlefield attack, uh, which I think is quite strong.
1: Yeah, uh, Torchwood and Podfather will give you plus two, but buffs from Lily the Valley will not. So tread tread lightly.
0: Yes, indeed. That's it. Just has to do with the wording of the of the cards and you know how the effects stack in this game, which you don't really have tons of visibility into, besides like
1: trial and error. But uh, yeah, yeah. And I think I think Red Planted it would apply it, but I don't know for sure. I haven't gotten that combo off yet. I would bet so, just because it says like plants
0: here have plus five plus five. Yeah, and probably. so that's, that's not like a triggered ability that you have to wait for it to resolve. That's, you know, just like a static. But yeah, uh, so this deck looks pretty cool, and uh, thank you,
1: Listener Elliot. Yes, and also it should be pointed out that we don't want to get too deep into where Gatling P rests in the in the meta right now because it is one of the cards slated to get changed with the upcoming Set 4 release. It'll become a 5 attack, 4 health creature, and let's see how it fares once it gets changed before we analyze it too much. But thank you for the follow-up and the deck list. To um, add one final kind of closing note to that, I think that one
0: thing, one big thing that that changes is that it takes out Zomblob, and so, you know, um, so, or no, I guess that doesn't matter. Yeah, okay, never mind, never mind, because okay. you, have, you have no ability to flash it in. Right, yeah, it doesn't out teleport.
1: Yeah. Teleport Zombie is really good. I see why people like it so much yeah they should fucking ban it like no, no question. I am really surprised that they let that pass like the further we get from those Le- galactic Gardens legendaries, the more bonkers some of them seem
0: yeah i think I think that it's honestly like the clock has maybe run out um I think that if if they were if they're not changing at this time, um then it might be like it might be indicative that they they think that it's it's just too good to change or like too too much of a chase card to, like, get people cracking packs or whatever to try to get it.
1: Do you think Galactic Gardens might suffer from a little bit of that, like, Naxxramas thing that Hearthstone went through, where it was the first expansion to come out, so it was, like, the Just, like, busted as shit. Yeah, super high power creep increase all around? Uh, yeah, I think that they, um, I mean, good
0: good game designers will tread pretty light on the power level in the first set to, like, kind of keep everything relatively flat so that you have, like, room to brew and stuff. Um, but, like, every game designer wants to make the big, awesome, powerful thing, you know, and so uh, there's always there's always a risk of just, like, making the super awesome card for you, but then it turns out that you just, like, made some horribly busted thing. And clearly the guys that made Ramus were, like, kind of aching to do death rattle stuff, and so they made just, like, all these
1: absolutely nonsense death rattles that, like, kind of turned out to be a little too good. I tried to play Hearthstone at my grandmother's house, but my I haven't used BattleNet on my MacBook in forever, mm-hmm. and I got stuck in some kind of checking your account information loop, and I wasn't able to launch it or download any of the huge patches. Oh, bummer! Yeah, and it's like up to three and a half gigs on your phone now, so I don't I don't Jesus think I can. Jesus Christ! Uh, not not in this phone economy. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I want to check out the new dungeon thing at some point though i hear it's pretty cool
0: it is cool it's it's um, made by a game designer that i like who uh, i've learned now works for blizzard um but unfortunately um you don't get any rewards for it i thought that it was going to be like something that you pay into and then if you you know you get prizes based on how well you do but i guess that they considered that too masturbatory and so it's just like if you do it with every class you get a card back um But uh, I wish that I I could get stuff from it because it does seem really cool. Yeah. Uh, So our last thing in this segment um, isn't a piece of listener mail per se, but it's a cool um, uh, post on the PVZ Heroes Reddit um, that uh, was written by uh, someone who's written into our program before, uh, Sura F. um, And uh, they have a post called 25 Tips and Tricks for Success in PVZ Heroes. Uh, So this is linked in the show notes. Um, but, um, they have some quite astute points in this post and, uh, we're not going to read all of them. As I say, it's linked in the post so you can look at it yourself. But, um, uh, there's just a few that I want to draw attention to, uh, including the first one, one, it's best to keep your block meter at five charges. This is because people will only want to use their bursts such as flamenco or walnut bowling when they are sure you can't block. However, it's also difficult for them to clear your block meter as well, since it likely takes them two hits to proc it. Um, that I think is a very good point. I certainly would never play a Flamenco zombie if there's a chance that my opponent can block it unless I'm going to die that turn. Um, and so I think that um, that, that is a, uh interesting angle to strategy in this game that kind of doesn't have an equivalent in uh, all of the other similar games to this, like Hearthstone. Um, and so I think that it is very cool that they pointed that out.
1: Yeah, this is a really fine list. And there are some tips that I agree with in general but not necessarily 100% of the time like there are there are times when I may play a quick draw con man on a a ground lane when I I know the the scorch might be coming and that would be only to bait that card out before I put like a doctor space time down like for sure yeah like I, I will often think about understanding that my opponent has a certain card and seeing what I can trot out there to not you know Maybe not spend a card to fully kill it, but have to spend a card and something else later on. And, you know, things like Con Man are all right in that they'll continue to accumulate uh, plinks from drawing a card. And you can use them as evolution fodder later. But that's just like a tiny little situation, like very edge case thing. And this list is full of a lot of really good tips.
0: Yeah, I think um, one thing that I do disagree with, uh, the number 25 um, says, uh, if you want to win, don't use thinking cap. Um, Which uh, is obviously a joke. Um, I think Thinking Cap is quite strong. um, But I do think that it is uh, kind of more situational than than people seem to think it is. Um, So, four mana for a spell that just draws you two is really quite slow. And so I think the only reason that you would really want to have it as a primary game plan is if you were not only doing the trickster thing, but also doing something that was going to uh, reduce its cost. Uh, so, you know, things off the top of my head, uh, in that case would be Zombology Teacher or Dr. Space Time. Yeah, those, Um, those were the
1: two cards I was going to single out as well. Like, I think the classes that can run two of those three cards are the only ones that I will even bother with thinking cap in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you're, if you've got enough mana that you can play a thinking cap and play one or both of the other spells or of the superpowers that you draw with it on the same turn, Um, that like there's probably just other better things for you to do Um, like if you're if you're you know if it's turn seven or eight and you're a beastly hero or something if you're Immortisha um, there's just like big fat stuff that you can be playing that's more impactful than a random superpower Um, but yeah this list is great um, and I advise that you take a look at it it's got a good mix of uh, funny uh, jokes like talking about raw zombie um, and and some legitimately insightful tips uh, like that first one that I mentioned um, so, thank you very much to listener Sura F for this cool
1: list. I have to confess that for the first uh, millisecond I checked out this subreddit, I thought that the praise for Raw Zombie was sincere. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think I put it in one deck before I stayed around long enough to see more of the the content about it, if you will.
0: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's it's got to be a joke that that they use it in so much branding stuff despite the fact that it sucks. Like, it was um, it was a zombie in Plants for Zombies Heroes, or, I'm sorry, it was a zombie in PVZ2. Like, the first world was the ancient Egypt world, and, like, the raw zombie would, like, kind of walk along, and then every once in a while it would, like, raise up a little scepter, and, like, the suns that were falling from the sky would, would go over to it instead. I remember um, that. But it it just it was it was even pretty bad in that game too, because like you could still tap on the suns even as it was stealing them, and it also didn't have armor or anything, so you could just kill it.
1: Card of the week time, we got regifting zombie, and uh, this is a good one. Yeah, this was the first ticket card that ever came out way back when, about a year ago, and it is back. It's it's the brainy two mana three two party zombie who draws two cards for you and for your opponent. This card's bonkers. Oh yeah. One of the best event cards ever. Even before Quick Draw Con Man came out, this card was really good and in a lot of high-end Brainstorm and Rust Bolt decks. And it's a lot easier to get this time, which is nice, because when they first started doing the weekly event cards, they cost 2,000 tickets each, and there was no daily event for you to get tickets out of there, so you had to rely on the the bonus meter and pump into that. In fact I was only able to grind out three of them, so I'm happy to find finally... No, I only ground out two of them and then I got one from a party pack some time later. But yeah, it's yeah, back. I th- I, th-
0: I think I only maybe got one back then, and I think I maybe even ground it up back then, back before I was good at this game. Um but yeah, this card is super great. Um I'm sure you all have have uh borne witness to turn one draw Con man turn two regifting zombie and how dirty that is I think that this card goes in a whole bunch of decks. It has applications in basically every kind of zombie deck, so it triggers Dino Roar and Quick Draw Conman, as we said. It's a good way for aggro decks to refill, um, aggro decks that want to kill their opponent before they get a chance to play all their better cards. A 2-mana 3-2 that draws you two is like exactly what you want to be doing there. Um, it's also good for setting up combos, uh, so Hearthstone players will recognize Coldlight Oracle, a 3-mana 2-2 two two that does this exact same thing. And... Um, you know, on its face, that card is pretty crappy, uh, and it's crappy in Hearthstone as well, but the fact that it draws you two and, like, gets you that much closer to setting up whatever your combo is, um, and your combo is probably Zombob, Zomblob, let's be real, you know, that is, that's just a very valuable tool. And, yeah, so, regifting Zombie, you're definitely going to want to get four of these by hook yeah. or by crook. It's
1: also a must-include in mill decks, which I've seen a little bit out there. I haven't missed, I haven't made one myself yet, but there's a, a Super Brains huge Galacticus deck. Where you try to fill your opponent's hand with up to ten cards, which keeps their block meter from working, and cards like this are perfect for that, and they go great with mixed up grave digger. yeah, this is exactly oh, yeah. perfect for uh if you want to do a mill super brains yeah, and i mean this this just
0: does a lot of stuff that brainy decks want to do, so like uh, brainy decks are kind of the combo class. Brainy decks are the class that has removal type tools, so you know it draws you into your teleport, it draws you into your ramp. Draws you into your environments, bad mood rising, all that stuff. Um, this card is is good early and late, um, and there's pretty much no downside to this except the fact that you know if your opponent draws two better cards than you, and you're trying to play a slow deck, um, then like they get the better
1: end of the deal. Or if they or if they draw the thing they need a turn earlier, and you know like you know sometimes you'll get burnt by whatever is on the top of their deck, but usually they won't be able to use that extra hand you give them right away because if you're playing this on turn two, they're still probably only going to be playing one card. So they can't Definitely. use their extra resources to burn you right away, if at all. This this has the downside of if they
0: successfully metagamed against you, then, you know, then that's bad. But that's just kind of a downside of cards, you know? Like, if you're doing something great and they happen to have the card in their deck that counters you, then, like... You're still doing something great it's just like the coin came up in your in your opponent's favor that time yeah honestly there's really not that much more to say you even net a profit if you play it on um on medulla nebula for now uh, medulla nebula is allegedly going to change so that it only gives you two brains so then that will no longer be true but like the fact that you can play this draw two cards and then like even net an extra mana um, in the in the current iteration is just like absolute nonsense this is one of the cards that makes everybody say that Brainy is the best class, uh, and I certainly agree with him in this case. This card is a very good one.
1: Yeah. Also works with Stompadon.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> you bet it does. It works the good way in that you draw the cards and then it triggers the Dino War so they get the buff. Yeah, that's great. I think that's all we need to say about it, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, I think so. Alright.
0: All right. Uh, So for our final segment this week, uh, this is based on something else that uh, we saw on the Reddit. Um, Someone was asking uh, how to build around Mime mime Gargantuar. Uh, Mime Gargantuar, for the record, is a uh, 5-mana 5-5 brainy card. It is a Gargantuar Mime, which is a new type. And it says, when a non-mime plant or zombie does a bonus attack, this does a bonus attack. Um, So basically, anytime anybody does a bonus attack except Mime Gargantuar, you get to do a bonus attack with this one, and so that is obviously a combo piece, uh, very reminiscent of things like Pod Fighter and Repeat Moss. Um, and so the the person in this thread asked, so how do I build around this? What's the direction that we go? And uh, somebody in the thread replied with a pretty interesting looking, huge Giganticus deck uh, based around Neutron Imp, um, is the one that does a bonus attack when you play an environment, and so it was just huge Giganticus with. Eight good environments and then just some good brainy cards to to draw you to your combo and then Teleportation Zombie and all that stuff. I don't happen to own most of that stuff. Uh, I don't have Teleportation Zombie. I had to grind up some click peas in order to make uh, the, gargant- the Mime Gargantuars. Uh, so that uh, is you know, just a testament to how interested I was in building around this. But uh, I decided instead to go with Rust Bolt. Uh, and the deck that I have settled on uh, is in the show notes for this week. And rather than build around uh, Neutron Imp, I built around Gadget Scientist, which is the the thing that makes every science zombie do a bonus attack. Uh, So pretty frequently, if you've got a a Mime Gargantuar in play and you play Gadget Scientist, the Gargantuar is going to do two bonus attacks. So you're going to deal 10 right away. Uh, So not unlike our old chestnut, the Gatling P, where you're going to kill something in front of it and then do a little bit of damage to the face. And uh, I think that this deck is pretty cool. I haven't uh, been, like, screaming up the ladder with it or anything like that, um, but I think that this deck definitely has game, and um, it's it's just a very fun kind of setup to try to get your Mime Grigantioar doing its thing. You kind of need to build your board full of science dudes and then have the Grigantioar zombie ready to go. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think this illustrates the concept very well. Like, it is definitely... Very heavily constructed around bonus attacks, and, um, Rustbolt Gargologist is a combo that has done very, very wonderful things for me in the past, so I'm always in support of any deck that trots that out, because who doesn't love getting out a defensive end early? But yeah, I think I've seen what to do about Mime Garg show up in various streams, and I always thought that its best purpose was as a, like, a tech into a science deck, as A little more high-end power, like a nice solid body, you know, maybe an alternative to the helicopter trick. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like the, the cards that synergize with bonus attacks and science overlap really nicely here. Like, you know, you've got... Cosmic Scientist that will give you extra bodies for bonus attacks because you'll almost always get a creature from there. And, you Mm -hmm. know, Gargologist is a scientist, and that's great. And Electrician does bonus attack stuff too. So our enablers
0: here are four Lurch for Lunch, three Electrician, and four Gadget Scientist. I I shaved uh, an Electrician and a Cosmic Scientist uh, for two defensive ends because defensive end is kind of too good to not play if you're doing the Gargologist thing. Um, And Electrician is just a little bit clunkier overall. But otherwise, um, you have very little removal, you're only really trying to um, to set up your own combo. And I mean, bonus attacks do kind of function as their own sort of of sort of pseudo removal. But really, you're just kind of trying to have a board of about two science zombies at the time when your mime Gargantua is online. Um, if you can get two bonus attacks out of the the mime, then it's definitely done more than its weight. Um, and uh, if if your board can survive uh, that sort of thing, then you're probably in pretty good shape.
1: Plus, um, everything you get out of the cosmic scientist love bullseye, which makes bonus attacks for that stuff even better.
0: That is a good point. There are there are some good um, rust bolt cards that I'm not playing, just kind of as a as a concession to the fact that this is a combo deck. Um, so, uh, escape through time is definitely really great. It's good at protecting, um, and, um, keeping science dudes around. I just needed to fit more science guys in into the the deck and I needed to have, you know, the brain lane, um, brain vendor combo in order to like have another way to turbo out the gargantuars. And so just some of the support stuff kind of had to make way. I even shaved, like, this is a lot. Less removal than I normally like to play. Um, two Rolling Stones and two um, Rocket Sciences is just a very minimal amount. But again, um, what you're really trying to do here is is set up a Gargologist that allow that allows you to play out your end endgame um, and build a board for Gadget Scientists to get extra value.
1: All right. So one more thing, Russ Bold is good at. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, I mean, so it's it's good to point out. I think that. Um, in that leaked slate of changes for set four, which again are not confirmed, Um, on that list, Neutron Amp was being turned from a a 4-mana 4-4 into a 2-mana 2-3, and so I think that that, is going to make it a better enabler for stuff like this. I think it'll probably be a weaker card on the whole, like it's not going to be something that can win you games all on its own, but the um it's going to increase its potential as a combo piece. Right now it's a little bit too expensive to play like a neutronimp and some environments in the same turn, especially because you aren't able to get value off the off that turns brain lanes, but um but yeah, I think that um HG is probably going to be maybe not better suited to take advantage of mime garg after those changes but certainly better than it is right now and uh so i'm i'm going to keep tinkering with this i think this is a really cool deck it plays kind of like a repeat moss deck and repeat moss is one of my favorite plant cards and it's uh it's going to change pretty substantially um, when the brainy stuff gets nerfed and the rest of the stuff gets changed uh, when set 4 comes out and so um watch the space cuz there's going to be another mime garg deck come down the pipeline sometime soon
1: I was just thinking about um, talking about neutron imp made me think of a HG deck, an HG deck that was uh, more imp focused, and being able to play it in as a uh, way to proc uh, the pirate imp to let you draw cards, and like oh sure, being a part of a draw engine with some cheap environments like the graveyard lane and the supers. So that might be something we could play with when those changes come out. Especially once it costs
0: two, you know, when it, when it costs two, it's going to have a better interaction with toxic waste imp because you're going to have your, your toxic waste imp is likely to survive on turn three. And so on turn two, you can, or on on turn two, you play your toxic waste imp, turn three, you go neutron imp, superpower, um, and then you are going to get a death touch. Uh, bonus attack and so that's that's quite strong um and so it, it's gonna i think play more like the rest of the imps that are kind of currently in the environment i think it's a very good point mike and um and it's going to be in some ways less of a finisher and more of a board control mechanism which you know seems kind of counterintuitive in that it gets smaller like you know you're less good at controlling the board but the cheapness as you say is puts, puts it in a better position to take advantage
1: of the imp stuff well, that's all we've got for you on Shroom for Two this time, and this has been the final show of 2017, and we hope that you have enjoyed this and following us in our holiday travels, and, oh, also, I hit Ultimate the other day with, a
0: Yeah, that's right. Kind of burying the lead there. You zoomed way up there.
1: Yeah, yeah, Imp, Huge, Giganticus, and, uh, the Tankless Source Infinity, and Conjure Neptuna, and, uh, little bit of mushroom cc those are all fun decks i don't get people who go all like i i never had the patience to grind all the way to ultimate with only one deck oh yeah i would never want to do that i would get sick of it no matter what it was yeah i mean it's a really good way to track data but i i'm i'm really bad at tracking data and would probably uh benefit from it but i i just can't commit to it i'm way too finicky i like having a small handful of different decks I can rotate between yeah i mean this is a game it's supposed to
0: be fun and not like your job you know if you want to if you want to be a pro and you really want to grind out those extra percentage points like more power to you but i'm um i'm much more interested in the experience of of trying new things it's you know that's why i i grind up some click peas to make some mime gargantuars. which if you're trying to zoom up the ladder is like definitely the wrong plan um yeah you are you are a braver man than i on that front yeah, I mean, whatever, I'll probably get some more eventually. And, and, and honestly, like this game is pretty unique among digital card games in that it really has a possibility space that's wider than I can wrap my whole brain around, you know, like I've been playing some other games lately and like, they're fun, but like this game really has the kind of, Giant cosmic mystery feeling that magic does where like there's just so much stuff going on that no one could ever possibly keep it all in their head at the same time. And um, and yeah, so that's that's what keeps me coming back to this game. And, um, and that's what I hope keeps you all coming back to our podcast. You know, we've, we've got a handful of episodes here in 2017. We're going to keep doing it into 2018. I don't think the show's going to last forever. Just like, I don't think this game is going to last forever, but I think that it's, it's definitely really fun. What we've got going on right now. I don't agree with all the naysayers that are talking about, Oh, the game is going to die and blah on the Reddit right now. Like, you know, I think that really, like if you think that the health of the community is, is flagging that that means that you should you should put more effort into making the community cool and and that's what you and I are trying to do here Mike and I think that um, this game definitely deserves it Um, there's a lot of fun stuff still to be uncovered in this game I think wouldn't surprise me if there was like a non-trivial meta shift even before set four comes out and uh, and yeah I think that just this game is cool and I'm glad for you all to to be
1: here on this ride with us all that and more next year on Shroom for Two. And if you would like to write into our listener mail segment, you can reach out to us at podcast at gmail.com. And you can check out our YouTube page, which is also at Shroom for Two Podcast. Or you can go to com to see all of our old episodes and our decks. And till next time, I've been Mike. And I've been Taylor. Happy New Year. Yeah, I think my laptop has some kind of weak point where if you rest a cell phone down on it, it will just, like, make everything go black for a moment. Oh, that sucks. And apparently drop your Skype call. Bummer. Uh, Yeah, we're, we're back and we're rolling again.